of the eerie, weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They are waiting, waiting for you now. long enough to know that one can't hurry a native digger. Well, I'll go mad with curiosity if they don't finish the job soon. <laughs> we'll go to the madhouse together, Clyde, for I'm as eager as you to learn what lies beyond that entrance. Well, you two boys come over here in the shade. Sit down and be patient. How can we be patient, Sir Richard? I know. I found it difficult enough on my first expedition to Egypt. But you'll soon become accustomed to delays and disappointments after a while. I realize Bart and I are merely tired but with all your experience, I can't understand how you can be so calm. Why, we may be on the verge of a discovery greater than Lord Carnarvon. I scarcely think so. We shan't find the tomb of a Tutankhamen behind that fallen stone, son. We're merely unearthing the sanctuary of a small and very unimportant temple. But the chamber behind that stone won't be a ruin like the rest, sir. And we'll find it in precisely the state it was 2,000 years ago. You said you're fairly sure of that yourself. Yes, my theory is that this entire temple was suddenly buried by one of the desert storms. At the moon, perhaps, which wrenched that huge stone from its place to block the sanctuary entrance. If we're not the first to discover it since that time, we're certainly the first to have tried to move away that barrier. Someone may have been trapped in the chamber when that stone fell across the doorway. That's possible. But finding a skeleton or two will not advance the science of Egyptology. 
But don't look discouraged. We'll find something interesting inside, I'm sure. If those lazy beggars would only hurry up their work, Lord, yes. <laughs> I remember that feeling from my younger days. I say, it doesn't look as though the shoring timbers are very secure where those chaps are working. They do look sort of wobbly, don't they? If they gave way, the sand would slide and block that infant all over again. Then we'd have to wait until they unearth it a second time. I'll give orders to have them strengthened at once. They've moved the stairs. They've freed the essence. We can go inside the chamber. Oh, come on, Sir Richard. I'm Wait. coming. Have you got your flashlight? Yes, I have mine. So have I. Here we are. It's your right to go in first, Sir Richard. Kyle and I will squeeze through together. Not through this narrow passage. They've only moved the stone about nine inches from the wall. Move aside, you men. Move aside and let us by. Hurry, Sir Richard. Hurry. We're right behind you, sir. Well, don't be right behind me and stop pushing. We've got to wait until the dead air clears out of that chamber. Does smell awful, doesn't it? Of course it does. It was imprisoned there before Caesar was born. Well, it's not so bad that we can't stand it, sir. This is our first time, sir. Can't we go in? All right, follow me. Oh, I say, tight squeeze between this stone and wall. We should have the men move it a little more. Oh, that'll take more time. Oh, there's room enough. For you young, slender chaps, yes, but I'm middle-aged and fat. <laughs> Hold your flashlights before you. It's pitch dark beyond. Ah, I'm through. What do you see inside? Oh, hurry, Clyde, and we can see. I'm through. Come on, Bart, and look. Look there. Ah, Bart. Good Lord. That giant statue. It's of the lion-headed goddess Thicket. Perfectly preserved. This is a find worthwhile. Look, on her lap. Bones. A human skeleton. Oh. Someone was in prison when that stone fell. Yes, but not alive. Thicket was known as the Destroyer. She was a goddess to whom human sacrifices were made. When we climb up for a closer inspection, you'll find those bones are a young woman. For lion-headed seconds demanded virgins as her victims. The lap of this statue is undoubtedly covered with ancient bloodstains. I'm going to climb up now. Wait, wait, Clive. Look over there. I say. Another statue fallen to the floor. It isn't a statue. It's the body of a man. Yes. And preserved like these statues in this airtight room. Now don't touch it. This change of atmosphere may make it crumple into dust. The shriveled flesh looks firm and hard, like leather, sir. It does indeed. Perhaps some chemical emanation from the sand has mummified it. He was imprisoned here alive when the stone fell. That's here, sir. Poor devil, he's lying prone before the figure of Nefertum, his arms outstretched in an attitude of prayer. He died beseeching the God whom in his faith granted life. There's irony for you. His dead face was peaceful. As though he thought at the last his God had heard his prayer. I, I think his face is horrible. Yet, yet there's something fascinating about it. You're right. It's rather difficult to take one's eyes away. <laughs> Must have been a chap of a strong character. He exerts power even in death. I, I don't like to look at him. Now, here's proof that those bones on second left are the remains of a sacrifice, Richard. A sacrificial knife that's clutched in this dead man's hand. By Jove, that means this fellow was a temple priest, a priest of second. 
He just put that girl to death, perhaps when the stone fell before his door. That is so. What? Why should we find his body perfectly preserved when hers is nothing but a skeleton? That is queer, sir. Say, it is. Well, don't touch him, Clark. I wasn't going to, sir. I was just looking closer. Somehow I, I have a peculiar feeling about him. As though... As though he isn't really dead. Not dead? After several thousand years? Crazy idea, isn't it? <laughs> of course he's dead. Dead as the gods he worshipped. The gods he thought had power to let him live. Let's get out of here. I can't be close to him any longer. Clive. Oh. I've got to get out of this chamber. There's something in here I can't stand. Uh, I fancy I'm a little sick. Sick? The air in here is pretty bad, sir. It's affected Clyde, apparently. Bad air, eh? You're getting the wind up too, Barton, because of a mummified dead man. No, sir. No. And I'm not afraid, sir. It's only that... Oh, I can't explain. Mm, don't try to explain, son. It's a spooky-looking place with these statues, that heap of bleached bones, and this dried-up dead man on the floor. And I was once young and impressionable myself. Please don't think I'm a booby, sir. We'll go outside. Let the air freshen up a bit. And get some better light than these torches for our second visit. Then you'll begin to enjoy our fun. You go through the passage first, Clyde. I'll follow you, Barton. I'd rather come last, sir. After making an ass of myself. As you prefer. Don't lock the passage way beyond this, sir, you workman. I'm coming out. Yes, you fancy. Won't you go out next, Clyde? I said I'd leave locked. After acting the fool. All right, old man. Come on, you boys. Come I'm on. coming, sir. I'm coming. Hurry up, Clyde. No. I'm going back into the chamber. You think I'm afraid? I'll show you. Oh, Clyde, don't be an ass. I'll show you another movie. I'll show you. Go and fetch that young idiot, Barton. Yes, sir, I'll get him. Look out. There's falling timber. They're breaking. The sand's sliding. There they go. The entrance is blocked again. Clyde's wall in that chamber. Thank God you turned back in time. You'd have been trapped in that passage. But Clyde. Clyde. Clyde, are you all right? Clyde, can you hear us? Clyde! Clyde! Oh, thank heaven. Ellie Bay, you men. Spades and baskets, quick. Clear this stand away. It'll be a two-hour job to free this entrance again. Give me a shovel or someone. Yes, and one to me. And don't worry, Bart, we know that Clyde is safe. And this experience will do him good. The boy's always been too highly strung, too imaginative. By the time we get him out of here, I'll wager that he'll never show fear again of any dead Egyptians. What's that? Everyone stop digging. It's Clyde. He's screaming. Help! Screaming for help, sir. There's nothing in there to hurt him. I'm not so sure. I felt as he did in that ghastly room. I felt something was there besides the dead. We're coming, Clyde. Now dig, you men, and free this passage. Yes, dig. Dig. Dig as you've never done before. Now dig, dig, will you? Oh, we'll never free this passage. It's almost clear now, boys. We'll reach Clyde in half a minute. But what shall we find when we reach him? Since those spiteful screams, we haven't heard a single sound. Nothing could have happened to the chap, I tell you. He may be ill, unconscious from the bad air. Bad air wouldn't have caused his shrieks of terror. Oh, I don't know what caused them, but... Fendi, you can go through now. Now we'll find out. Come on, sir. And I'm right behind you. Clyde. Clyde. Clyde, you're free again. We're coming after you. Clyde, tell us you're all right. He doesn't answer, sir. I reached the chamber. 
Pass me your torch. I've forgotten mine. Can you see him now? No, the room's so big and the light's so weak. Clyde! Clyde! There he is, kneeling before the goddess's statue. And he's alive. He's getting up. Thank God. Clyde, you're all right. Why did you scream? What happened to you? Clyde, why don't you answer us? He looked at us as though he didn't understand. What's the matter with you, Clyde? Sir Richard, look at his eyes. He stares at us as though we were utter strangers. His eyes are queer. I can guess they draw mine away from them. Nor I. It's the same sensation we experienced with that mummy. Good Lord, the mummy's gone. Crumbled into dust and bone. Yes. But what's happened to Clyde? Oh, old man, we're your friends. Why won't you talk to us? Tell us why you screamed. Why do you look at us without a word? Why did we find you kneeling before that lion-headed goddess? Why? He doesn't seem to understand, sir. No. What on earth happened to him? What has happened in this room? Your friend. What's been occurring in the old temple chamber? Call us a story. Well, it's as great a mystery now as it was that day almost three years ago. You see, Clyde's memory was completely blotted out. Complete aphasia, the doctors call his condition. But fortunately, he was quite strange. Not mad, as we feared at first. And he's the man you're taking me to meet? Uh-huh. If this taxi doesn't break down, you'll meet him within the next five minutes. What's more, he's going to be best man at our wedding now that you've finally joined me. <laughs> nice state of affairs when a girl has to journey all the way from London to Cairo in order to get married. Yes, but you journeyed on a nice, comfortable ship. Think of me. I traveled from the Nubian desert on Camelback and Nile Steamer to meet you. And arrived only yesterday. And I've been here 24 hours alone. Well, this was the camel's fault, not mine. <laughs> but right, I'll turn right for the next corner of the museum, will you? Yes, Miss Casey. Tell me some more about this slide. Well, we had a pretty tough time with him for nearly a year after we led him from that chamber. You see, he couldn't comprehend anything that was said to him. He had to be taught like a child to speak his mother tongue once more. He'd forgotten his own language? Completely. Sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? Yes. But I suppose anything can happen in Egypt. He's quite himself now, of course. To be employed in Cairo Museum, he must be. Yes, his memory isn't completely restored by any means. That portion of his brain which contained recollections of his previous life doesn't function at all, it seems. But he speaks English again with a strange accent. And Sir Richard writes me that his colony attainments are greater than they ever were before. In fact, he's become the museum's most valued expert on ancient Egyptian customs and hieroglyphics, which is rather funny. Clive was always a trifle dumb about such things before his shock. Well, we're at the museum now, and there's no more time for talk. Uh, take us to the side door, driver. Yes, Sir Pinky. Oh, what a beautiful building. Now, I was also surprised to find Cairo so up to date. Oh, we're very 20th century here. I see by this morning's paper that the town is even having a modern murder sensation. The killing of all those young girls, you mean? I read about that back in London. Well, it was news to me when I arrived this morning. We don't get newspapers in the desert, you know. Over a dozen girls have been reported missing during the past year, I Yes. They've found several of them cast up on the Nile. Each one stabbed through the heart with a knife that left a queer-shaped wound. Oh, some madness responsible, I suppose. 
Well, here we are. Let me help you out, Anna. Oh, thanks. This should pay your fare, driver. You needn't wait. Very grateful, Cindy. Very grateful. Now, this way, darling. The Clyde and Sir Richard will probably be on the lookout for us. You certainly aroused my interest in your friend Clyde. Well, look out for his hypnotic eyes. Well, the most curious thing you've told me about his changed condition. Yes, you'll find their effect most startling at first, but it wears off after a time. Well, here we are. We turn left for Sir Richard's office. Oh, what magnificent thing. You haven't seen anything yet. Our temple group has been set up in the north wing, just as we found it. The entire sanctuary with all its contents. And my name's in the catalogue as one of its discoverers. <laughs> oh, Virginia, that's Clyde and Sir Richard coming down the hall. Is that tall, dark man, Clyde? Mm-hmm. Come on, dear. Wait. Barton, he doesn't look as though he were an Englishman. He resembles those old statues about us. By Jove. Seems his face has acquired an Egyptian cast since I saw him last. I don't like his face. I don't like his eyes. Oh, Bart, don't leave me alone with him. Oh, Virginia, darling. Why, he's the best fellow in the world. Barton, my boy. Oh, hello, Sir Richard. How are you, Clyde? We saw you leave your taxi from our window and came to meet you. Clyde, old man, you're looking great. Barton, my friend, I am glad to see you once Oh, both of you here. Miss Prescott, allow me to present Sir Richard Knox. Sir Richard? This is a great pleasure, my dear. Mr. Clyde Fulton. This is my fiancé, Virginia. Virginia? That is a beautiful name. I... Uh, how do you do, Mr. Fulton? Suppose we all go to my office where we can sit down. Well, if you don't mind, sir, let's look at our exhibit first. Miss Prescott has never seen it. I'll wager you've told her enough about it, though. It's down this corridor. You lead the way with Miss Prescott, Clyde. Barton and I will follow. Oh, can't, can't we all go together? Barton and I will be right behind you. We shall lead as the gentleman so kindly permits, Miss Prescott. May I offer my arm? I... Thank you. Come, Miss Prescott. You and I. Yes. You and I. Mm. I see your fiancé is no exception to the general rule. What do you mean, sir? That everyone on meeting Clyde for the first time since his change displays some evidence of fear. <laughs> I tried to prepare her for it, but I had to fight the old feeling myself. Any change in his condition since I saw him last? None, excepting that his new personality becomes more dominant each day. The lad we knew three years ago might as well be dead. Sit down here, Barton. Oh, but I say so. We said we'd follow directly. I kept you behind on purpose. You're the only person I can talk to, son. I want to do so without delay. You're a worry, sir. What's wrong? Have you heard anything of the recent epidemic of murders here in Cairo? Young girls. Why, yes, but... I have a theory concerning these killings. I have learned that every one of the murdered girls had announced her forthcoming marriage shortly before she disappeared to be cast up later by the Nile. Well, I can't see why you concern yourself with these crimes, sir. You recall the skeleton we found on the lap of our huge statue of Becket? Yes. It was that of a young girl. For the ancient deities required a sacrifice of virgins. Barton, I believe fresh blood is being poured upon the lap of Becket the destroyer. You... You don't mean on, on... Shortly before the first of these strange recent killings was discovered, 
of sacrificial knife we found in that sanctuary was stolen from the museum. The knife the dead priest held? Yes. And the peculiar wound in the bodies of these poor girls was made by that knife. By the knife of the priest of Beckett. You suspect somebody? Who? We'll talk about that after you, Clyde, and Miss Prescott have dinner with me this evening. But you must think there's something we can do, or you'd never... There make... is something we can do, I hope. But there's no time to talk further now. Clyde and your fiancé are returning. <laughs> she's laughing. You see, she's already lost her aversion for him. I wonder which was best. Her previous fear or present freedom from it. I don't understand you, sir. You may, after we talk tonight. But I... Quiet. Th- They're almost here. You two delayed so long we'll turn to fetch you. Mr. Perkins been telling me all about your lion-headed goddess, Barton. He says she's beautiful. And Miss Prescott has been telling me that tomorrow she will marry you, my friend. I envy you the wife with such a pretty name, Virginia. aroused any of the watchmen yet, and we mustn't. I feel as though I were a criminal, sir, skulking through this museum at midnight. Why have you insisted on bringing me here to talk about those murders? Because you will demand proof of what I shall tell you. And here tonight, I think you shall have it. Your revolver is handy? Yes, in my pocket. And I can still hit a shilling at 50 paces. Barton, you are the only one I can depend upon for the thing that must be done. Look, sir, I, I'm tired of listening to riddles. Stop here. This is to be our hiding place, directly in front of our sanctuary tile. The moonlight from that window floods it. We shall see whatever happens upon the lap of second. But, but what am I... Quiet. And crouch down behind these cases. Oh, very well. Keep your voice down. The watchman has just finished his round in here, as it isn't due for another hour. Our expected guest is aware of that, I think, and may appear at any moment. I'll be still. That reconstructed sanctuary of ours looks almost as ghastly in this moonlight as it did when we first found it. There are only three things lacking in this reconstruction that we saw that day. The skeleton, the sacrificial knife, and the long-dead priest. The two last of these I expect to see again before we leave here. You expect to see the dead priest? His body crumbled into dust. Yes, his body. But the priest of Seket himself has been with us these three years. What do you mean? Be still. Listen. Something moving. Yes. Look there in the shadow. A man in the priestly dress of ancient Egypt. Look at his face as he crosses that strip of moonlight. Good Lord. It's Clyde. Yes. But not the Clyde we knew. He's dead. You're looking at a thief who wears a stolen body. Oh, Sir Richard, you're mad. Am I? Watch. Do you think that Clyde, our Clyde, would kneel before that statue of the lion-headed goddess? He, he kneels there praying. What do those images he worships represent? Continuance of life. Reconstruction of the dead. And above them all, Hecate the destroyer. 
In Clyde's form, her priest lives on to serve her thirst for blood. But the ancient gods have no power, sir. The ideals they represent are superstitious lies. You see, you felt their power in that man's compelling eyes. But you have a greater power, a greater magic than any he commands. That's why I brought you here tonight. Well, I, I have power, magic? Yes, the greatest of all. And you must call upon it now with all your strength. Get your pistol ready. For here's the victim you must save. A woman's coming through the shadows. Her arms outstretched as though in a trance. She's answering his summons. Held captive by his spell. Sight your pistol on his heart. And look as she steps into the moonlight. It's Virginia! He's heard you bark. Shoot quick and shoot to kill. Yes. His eyes. I can't pull the trigger. I can't move. Nor I. Virginia, stop. She's going to him. Oh, he has on his arms. He lifted to the lap of Sickett, the destroyer. No, no, no. You love her, boy. Love your magic, love your power. Call upon it now to break his spell. I know you can, that's why I brought you here. Virginia, darling. The knife of sacrifice is in his hand. Shoot, man, shoot. I can't, I he's, can't. He's raising the knife above her breast. He's going to kill the girl you love. No, no. Virginia! <laughs> I shot him. He fell to the floor. Despite his power, I kill him. Kill him. Virginia, oh, my darling. You're safe, darling. Safe. The greater magic. Now, the greatest of all magic. Now, the lap of Secret, the destroyer, will be stained with blood no more. Ha, <laughs> ha,